the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get into it. It's a Monday. We've got a great show for you today. You're going to want to stick around. There's a lot of information to be talked about. Nine o'clock, Steve Landers will be stopping by to have a one-on-one with me. You'll want to hear what he has to say. That's pretty close uh, race, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say today. Today is first day of voting. Polls will be open today. I'll be heading home today, and the missus and I then will drive over to the library in Cabot where we will cast our ballots. I'll get that done and out of the way, and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. So, uh, And I'm looking forward to casting my ballots, to be honest with you. So looking forward to doing that. Um, I'm looking forward to, to voting for the, the first uh, Republican governor to follow a Republican elected governor. Uh, back-to-back, and to be the first woman governor in the state of Arkansas. Looking forward to that as well. But most importantly, I'm looking forward to uh, voting in whom I believe is going to be a very good conservative, you know, uh, governor for the state of Arkansas. A lot of things are going on behind the scenes, and uh, we'll see what uh, what comes of it. i got to give uh, Judd a call over there at the... Uh, uh, candidate to, of uh, the Republican Party's uh, campaign, and uh, I want to see if we can get on one of the folks from Arizona <clears throat> that are on her staff right now and uh, talk about uh, universal uh, universal um, uh, uh, voucher school choice. School choice. No, not don't use the word voucher. <laughs> it's a dirty please. word. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. A, it's not a dirty word. But the left will use it that way. They will mm-hmm. absolutely use it that way. Uh, we'll talk. I'll talk to you about ESAs all day, but I won't talk to you about vouchers. Just won't. Just won't do it. Ask Bruce Westerman about the word voucher. He'll be happy to talk to you about mm-hmm. it back in 2010. But anyway, uh, a lot of good stuff going on today. Let's kind of roll over real quickly the over uh, big facts here. Uh, This is the midterm election. The White House is not up for grabs, but the Senate and House of Representatives are. Uh, Currently, Democrats control all three uh, section. Well, they don't call. They control the three of the House, the Senate, and the presidency. They do not control the Supreme Court, of course. Which and neither do we. Uh, which has allowed them to pass major legislation like the Inflation Reduction Act. 
I'm giving you time. Yeah, I'm giving you. I'm giving you time to laugh. Similar to the the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving the, you yes, time in, to, in terminology. Keep laughing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Because Stop. Of, it hurts. <laughs> Stop. But recent history shows that the party in power often loses congressional seats in any subsequent election. So here's where things stand right now in the House. Republicans need to pick up five seats on net to gain a majority in the House. That will come down to 31 races identified as, quote, toss-ups by the nonpartisan. I don't know how they use this terminology for the, the Cook political report. It, they're not nonpartisan. I mean, they're not run by they're not run by the Democrats or the Republicans, but they lane left, brothers. Mm. Uh, Democrats have to win eighty one percent of the thirty one races at those toss ups in order to retain control. The Senate, the Senate, of course, is split fifty fifty currently. The vice president uh, is a tiebreaker, so just one Republican gain on net would allow them to flip the chamber. Polls show a number of contests with razor-thin margin, the two tightest races right now, Nevada and Ohio. Uh, things in Georgia starting to go walkers way, just so everybody knows. Uh, what topics are of the matter to you? Well, there's this guy by the name of James Carville, the raging Cajun. Everybody remembers him from uh, Clinton's administration. You remember him, Paul? I don't remember the name. But Do you remember him already? A little before my... Okay. He's married to Mary Matlin. Mary Matlin is a hardcore Republican. And I remember Ma- him, bald-headed guy, yeah. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he was always making predictions. Yep, yep, still is. Yeah. That's not changed. Uh, here's what he said in 1992. I always refer to this about the Clinton campaign had it right when they... They coined this term. It's the economy, stupid. All right, that's what Carville said. It still is today in an era of soaring inflation, uh, the buckling stock market, and recessionary warning uh, warnings going off. I mean, there's. If you were standing in a nuclear power plant right now and you looked up and all the buttons were flashing red at you, don't you think you might take some some drastic action? To get those red buttons to stop flashing at you, Democrats aren't. They tell doubling and tripling down, uh, and uh, but that's what that that is exactly what is happening right now, uh, and it's given the GOP an edge in all of those categories: the economy, inflation, crime, and immigration. The GOP leads by 18 points. Mm. Wow. That's huge. It's just huge. Uh, Democrat, that's the highest ever since they've been keeping polls on that stuff. Wow. Uh, Democrats are hoping that the Supreme Court's ruling, uh, the Dobbs ruling, uh, overturning the Roe v. Wade will motivate their numbers and members to come out to the polls and give them the legislative seats they need to create a law that would protect abortion rights. Here's what they're finding. People want to eat first. <laughs> they want to eat first. They don't want to go broke when they fill up their, their gas tank. They know Christmas is just around the corner, and they would like to not have to pay exorbitant prices at the store to buy toys for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're looking at Thanksgiving, and they're already saying, uh, saying things like Thanksgiving meal is going to be 13 to 20% higher this year than it was last year. They said turkeys were going to be 70% higher. And they said turkeys are going to be hard to get. <laughs> oh, wow. They're going to be sparse. Uh-huh. So maybe I started something when I started eating, you know. Prime rib. Prime rib. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of turnout can you expect? Well, midterm elections typically – Less participation, right, than those held uh, alongside the presidential cycle. For some reason, everybody thinks the president decides everything, which is not true. Uh, more than five and a half million people have already cast their ballots. Because some states, you start early voting two weeks ago. Hmm. Uh, we start today. Some states are reporting that their early voting numbers are at least... 50% higher now than in 2018. Will that keep up? That's, that's a question. Maybe everybody just ran out and wanted to vote early. Who knows? But uh, it looks like people are interested in it. So that's that's what's on the docket for the next do, few do, days. Are there any um, organizations doing exit polling like we used to see years ago? No, there'll be exit polling, but typically they do that on election day election day and you know it may be by the time we get to election day you know 40 percent of the voters have already voted voted, maybe more i I wonder how that how the demographics kind of break down on there do we do we do you have conservatives voting early do you have liberals voting earlier i'm sure we'll hear some stuff about that I'm, i'm sure we'll get we'll get to that or do you want to say something? I'm, say I'm just saying, I believe the issue three this year is the religious freedom. Yes. Religious freedom bill. I've heard more people confused about that. The the Baptist associations, a lot of them are coming out against it. Okay. And, uh, and I've got people asking me about it everywhere I go. I'll tell you what I'll do. When we go to break, I'll text Jerry Cox. And see if he'll come on and talk to us about it. There's some people that have some que- that are very well, unsure and you know about what it. their questions are, right? So you can ask Jerry. Yeah, that'd be okay, great. We that'd can be great. We can do that at seven thirty. Uh, Robert Steinbach is going to join us for a few minutes uh, from his article in the Dim Gaz over the weekend. He's been writing for the Dim, started writing for the Dim Gaz here uh, last weekend. So um, I don't know how long he's going to be just a contributing co- uh, columnist or if he's going to be on be on their pages all the time on the weekend or not he's a he's a, he's a real conservative and it's pretty interesting interesting what he did he went after uh, the farm bureau and uh oh who else did he go after not the county guys but the city people a uh, municipal league no not the municipal league the other guys that handle the cities the you know local Local stuff. Hmm. You don't know I when I say yeah, it. You know what I, I'm just, It's early. Okay. Oh, it's oh, Monday. Oh, it's early. I think I know the, okay. the organization. Yeah, what are they called? The um, Zook is the head of it. Um, the tax society. Uh, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk <laughs> we'll about think, it. We'll, we'll, we'll right. remember it here in a minute. Okay, <laughs> we're, it's, all, it's we're all freezing 16. up on our brains. It's on Monday. It's a Monday. It's just the way it goes. And sometimes. When you're trying to pull things up, when you got so many facts and figures and stuff stuck in your gray matter, everything <laughs> just jams up at once. All right, don't forget about East End Towing. Uh, they want you to know that they're ready to help you no matter your situation. It doesn't matter if your car broke down, your uh, trailer for your boat broke down, your camper broke down. 
they know what to do to get every get everything off the side of the road into the places that it needs to go. You know, you can trust these ten towing to handle it. Uh, just call them, 501-888-8849, 501-888-8849. I've used them a couple of times. Uh, they are very good. Uh, they're very prompt, and uh, there's no uh, discussion. If uh, When I say take it to you know Joe's Garage, they know exactly what I'm talking about. If you give them a, a, you know, some place to have it towed to, maybe you want to take it back to your house, they'll do that for you. That is East End Towing. All right, we are back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, just to let you know, uh, we've sent out a text to Jerry Cox, Family Life, and to ask him to come on and talk about Issue 3 because there's a lot of confusion about it. You know, why do we need it? Uh, what are, what's it going to do for us? What does, what, what's it, is it seal up to cracks or something from the Arkansas Constitution? So uh, I've asked him to join us. I haven't gotten an answer yet. When I do, I'll let you know. I've asked him to join us at 630. Again, uh, we'll be hearing from Robert Steinbach. He'll call in at about 730, uh, 5-ish, and we'll be talking uh, to him. Well, I laid it all out for you about uh, what's out there today. First day of early voting here in Arkansas. Um, I've got a guest on tomorrow. Her name is Terry uh, Hasdorf, and uh, she's going to talk to you at 6.35 in the morning. If you're a person of faith, why it is important for you to get out and vote. You need to go out and vote. A lot of people... Uh, in the church, they go, well, what's the big deal? No big deal. You know, get out there and vote or whatever. Well, I think part of the issue there is we've got so many um, people in um, leadership in churches that kind of shy away from political issues, and, and yet they still participate in, in – um, sometimes they vote, sometimes they don't, but, sometimes, but they still participate in a lot of the different um, government programs that are involved. And a lot of times these government programs are very destructive to some of the um, – religious foundations that we supposedly believe in and it's a it's it's a mess but and, and if you don't um actually do a little bit of diligence to study some of these issues but you still vote that's just straight up irresponsible you know there's the legendary issue three that we know from the past that was going <laughs> to man it's always uh, three it, is it, always it, the one you got to uh, read closely uh, boy that yeah that's for sure well, but, I, uh, I, the what was the transparency law oh yeah <laughs> and the transparency was going to be that they were going to form a board to give themselves raises at the state capitol you remember who, and who extend their that? term limits you remember who was behind that well i don't remember one person behind it but you can tell john me. woods yeah, Woods. Yeah, he was behind it, and he's in prison. Hmm. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, okay, he's a Republican. I'm, he broke the law. He needs to be behind the bars. I think the attorney general left the state for a day, and somebody else approved the wording of it, wasn't it? I forgot. I, I, I mean, oh, the, it was issue. mysterious because it didn't do anything like what, what the issue. No, what, what it did, what, what it, it, it gave them did. the opportunity to raise their salary is what it did because it set up a commission right, exactly. uh, to do it. You know, and as that far was as transparency. That. Yeah, yeah. You get someone else to raise it, and they don't have to. Then they don't have to face so, voters. And there was a thing in there about uh, term limits. Too. Yeah, they have extending their term limits, and I you think know, the wording was to establish term limits when the reality was to extend. They already had term that's, limits. That's a bit. Um, 
Um, so, it, it, so if you were for transparency and term limits, you should have voted against it. Yeah, but you need to listen because we'll we'll cover this. I I know that Jerry Cox will say that's not what issue three is about. I think it's just people are are so gun shy when you bring forth something like uh, issue three, which is supposed to solidify. Uh, religious rights that they're they're afraid that it's not going so I, to. I, I think what's probably happening now is that we've got the courts that we'll see. There's there's religious liberty kind of enshrined in the, in the Constitution, both the Arkansas and the federal Constitution. But I think sometimes the courts don't prioritize like they should, and so they decide well. We've got this other priority over here, which we think is more important than your your rights, and so we we think that well maybe this public safety thing, which may or may not actually involve public safety, but we think is speaking involved. speaking as maybe the, COVID, the pandemic maybe, right, that happened right, just recently. Right. And so, I don't and think so, it helped. And so what happened was that we had government bodies and entities that were shutting down the right to if assemble. Jer- if Jerry comes on. Then you'll yeah. get your chance to ask him That'd that question. Great. All right, that's a that's a, he, um, RD has been asked questions about this. I've gotten a couple of questions in it. I'm going to vote for it unless uh, Jerry says something here in the next uh, segment. If we get him on, uh, that convinces me I shouldn't. I'll be voting for number two as well. You know, the big argument against number two is that well. You know, they have a special session. They meet every other year to take care. Why would you want to give them the chance of of, of becoming a uh, a yearly group? Because it doesn't say a yearly it's meeting. It's special. They have to. It's, uh, it's, it's, well, it's for governor, just what the governor does. Right. So issue two is, is about the, the ability for the legislature to call it themselves in about, the session. It's about having a balance of, of the branches. And within one branch, in fact. Well, and and one of the one of the problems, though, I think, is that the the executive branch, i.e., the governor's office, has been given so much power, probably more power than is actually constitutionally legal. And that's legal. why I'm voting for issue and, two. And, and so so what so what hap- so what happens is the the governor starts acting like a dictator, King Asa, and um, and the legislative branch doesn't have much opportunity to rein him in without calling themselves into special session and prior to this they didn't have that power well look i won't say he acted like a dictator here's what i'll say he did he acted like the law allowed him to act and he showed that kind of unlimited power leads to unlimited power and that's part of the problem (laughs) is that the, the the legislative branch has i believe unlawfully granted the executive branch too much power yeah so we'll one talk thing about that one thing he did do he put on, on all the acts that he did schools sh- restaurants and all the things that he i think overbearingly shut down restaurants and small businesses he did put an exemption for religious uh, services on the bottom of all the things that he did. So he did not... Yeah, that wasn't the case in a lot of states. Right. Yeah, so he did better than a lot of states. In California, they were changing... They were chaining 
you know, church doors and putting preachers in jail. Yeah, and, are, and he knew better than that in the state of the, Arkansas. Well, those, but those you have out, to give him credit. Yeah, I'm thinking those officials out in California should be arrested for what they did. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, but yeah, there's no doubt. Who's, who's but, going to be – Who's the? where's the prosecutors available to prosecute those people? But a lot of people were scared. They took such harsh measures that sure. people in religious organizations were scared. And John MacArthur but, fought them. I give yeah. John MacArthur all the credit in the world. He uh, he went to war against those people, right, especially when you, when you've got these government officials threatening you with thousand dollar a day fines or ten thousand dollar a day fines or whatever it was, and it's like dauntingly huge fines. And if you if you lose in court, it's like this will just be financially devastating. And a lot of things that was done in Arkansas in schools and restaurants and small businesses, your senators and representatives did not even get a phone call to ask how they felt about it. So yeah, that's well, what see, that's, this bill comes yeah, that, from. That's the whole thing. There was a lot of things passed, a lot of things done, a lot of things that was made uh, basic law uh, from uh, people that weren't elected, speaking about the uh, Arkansas Board of Health, basically. And uh, the uh, the legislature was never brought back into session to be no. talked about mm-hmm. and talked with. And I heard through, uh, through the grapevine and my sources that the reason that the governor didn't do that is because he knew that they would there would be a lot of people that would argue against oh, what he yeah. was doing. So no. he didn't want to get into a, you know, a, you know, a wetting on somebody's pants leg or something. You so know. he went with the experts. So often in Arkansas, the people at the Capitol will go with the experts oh, yeah. without consulting anybody back at well, all. One of the problems is a lot of times they don't. <laughs> most legislators they don't, they don't know if the experts are actually experts. <laughs> right. All right, we got to take a break. We got some. Uh, I think we got focus on the family, if I'm not mistaken with us here at the bottom of the hour so we're going to do that don't forget steve landers coming up at nine o'clock he will be in studio it will be a face-to-face interview on the dave ellswick show i'm rattling cages this morning okay all right i'm trying to get people to to join us uh i'm just i'm just getting ready to send a a text to luke mccoy who is uh Jerry Cox's right yeah, hand I man. Luke. I know Luke. And taking care of that. Well, Luke was, uh, you know, he he was, uh, uh, what was it? He was a uh, PA or whatever. He was out there over over in, well, the, the, um, in Pula- on Pulaski <coughs> County's um, court court member. Court court. Yeah. JP. Yeah. yeah. And JP and talking to him, trying to get across to him. He's been involved in politics for quite some time now, and is a good man, by the way. Okay. I just sent him out. Just look if you're awake. I'm not your father. I just, I just want you to make sure that you understand that. I'm not calling because of that. All right. Uh, so we're trying to get Jerry Cox on to talk about issue three because there's questions. We'll talk about issue two. That's going to come up at 735. Uh, with uh, Robert Steinbach. He wrote an op-ed about it over the weekend in the paper, so we'll get him on and talk about it and and uh, why people are supporting Issue 2 uh, on the ballot. So I'm voting against Issue 4. All right? I got some information for you. You're going to want to hear this. This is, this is amazing to me. I knew they were getting outspent uh, when I was talking uh, to Jerry uh, Cox about um, how much money had been spent 
by the people for issue four. And it doesn't really have you noticed that it it doesn't talk about any specifics within the bill? Have you noticed that? That's because they don't want you to know about what the specifics are. They want you to know, hey, look, it, it's going to create more jobs. Hey, you want you want to vote for this because it's going to give more money to the police officers. Hey, you want to vote, for, you know, on and on and on. Bottom line, um, the folks on the side fighting against it have spent a little over a million dollars in advertising. Advertising dollars for the pro side of issue four, eight million dollars has been spent plus another two million dollars were spent to get it on the ballot just so you know that sounds like a highway initiative yeah it sounds yeah. kind of that way you're, you're exactly right so <laughs> At least you, it wasn't tax that's a, yeah. that's 10 million dollars 10 million 10 to 1 and they're still within striking distance uh, more and more people i saw a recent poll i think it was from roby brock's people and that is going to lean to the left a little bit I mean, when you get was it Jay Jay Barton? Is that who it is from the the, the liberal college over there in Conway? Uh, typically leans a little bit that way. In fact, I'm going to try to get Roby on before uh, the eighth, so we can talk to him about what's going on. Uh, but the bottom line is is that uh, uh, they've closed the gap on issue four. It, it's only about a three or four point from what I, for, separation. From what I'm seeing is that that people that normally would support liberty on an issue like this are actually kind of opposed to this bill because of the fact that it's kind of enshrining a, a, a government-sponsored cartel-slash-monopoly for the marijuana industry. And I, I think those who That's want liberty don't, don't really want that sort of thing um, enshrined in the Arkansas Constitution. And um, th- so that's a problem. And so I, I, I personally, I think that that government never should have been involved in um, outlawing this um, uh, marijuana or any other drug for that matter. But the the well, um, there, there, see, that's where you and I split roads, brother. Uh, yeah, maybe so. But so the, the thing is, it's 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 one of those things that never should have been government never should have um, intervened in the first place in this in the way they have, especially. But this isn't the answer to it, I think. No, from no, what I'm, from what I'm skip, seeing, you're anyway. get, Well, did you read the bill? I haven't read the whole thing. Read it. I mean, if you read it, you'll know why you need to vote against it. My, my whole argument about issue four is why do you want to take the state legislature out of having any consideration on something like this? Mm-hmm. When that happens, that makes me go... Well, if they're taking the state legislature, uh, what, are they, what are they taking out effectively? The people's voice. Mm-hmm. That's who, what they're doing. To, who's going to decide who gets to sell and who doesn't? Is it they do? Well, that's 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 it's going to be established. I think that's they the word, do. That's the big beef about they? this. They, the people who got the, behind us, the growers, the growers, yeah, the yeah, people that stand to make all the money. I think that's the beef with this issue. Is not is is that there will be a lot of people that would support it, except for that issue. Look, when I I remember, we have got to go back a few years here. I remember um, Halter when he ran. Uh, the bill for the lottery. Up to that point, they had considered the lottery twice. All right, the people of the state had said, most of us said, yeah, we can go along with the lottery, but 
we're not going to go along with this one. There was one guy specifically in, in one instance that wrote the whole bill, and he was going to be personally the king, right. the king over the lottery. Mm-hmm. And and everybody said, uh, yeah, we, we won a lottery, but uh, no, not this way. And I always said, bring a clean bill or, uh, or initiated act or whatever to the people, and they'll probably vote for it. And that's what Halter did. I mean, you might want to disagree that that's not the goal of the of the uh, lieutenant governor and yada 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 yada. But the bo- uh, bottom line is, they finally bring just a, a clean bill and it passed well, overwhelmingly. It right. passed. And I think I think that's kind of what ought to happen in the legislature. They ought to just go ahead and and, and beat these marijuana cartel people out and pass something in the legislative branch and, and deal with it that way. And get a little more public debate with it, and 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 and, and fix the issue that way, rather than making it come through a constitutional amendment, which is kind of nuts. To a me. lot of them don't want to deal with it. I think you're right. Well, the I think they don't have the in Arkansas at the Capitol is just almost well, as bad and I, as, as with your growers association. If you look at the uh, application process on the last medical marijuana thing, there was a lot that was of con- pretty crazy. Huh? Yeah, it was crazy, and I guarantee you. There was a lot of there was a lot of the Bubba system going on in the state of Arkansas who got to be growers for the well, medical and that's part. The application that's, was very shady, and that, that's part of the problem is that we've got so many people that we're going to enshrine um, basically crony capitalism into the Constitution, and that shouldn't be shouldn't be happening. It, it should be you know if we're going to make it legal, let's make it legal and and allow free markets to take over. That, that's my issue on issue three. Just say the government doesn't have any authority over religion unless they are breaking laws that are already. I think it says that in the Constitution, doesn't it? Well, and so so some of that's not clearly spelled out. To me, saying that they can only do it, you know, unless there are real good circumstances. Compelling compelling governmental interest. Compelling interest with no definitions of what compelling interest is. Now, when we've got. You know, uh, Republican majority, you might be good with compelling interests, but the pendulum swings both ways, and and we've seen it. So I don't see a definition of what compelling interest is. I think that may be that's that's my problem. And Robert Steinbuck might be able to kind of clarify this to some extent, but I think that compelling governmental interest is 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 terminology that's used quite a bit. Uh, However, it's not it's not entirely inappropriate because there's. Just because someone's got a religious practice doesn't mean it's automically protected. Just like if someone decides they're going to do child sacrifice, obviously we well, wouldn't protect like that. Well, there's laws against it's that. Like the, it's right. like the Cuban, the Cuban religion uh, down uh, that came up into Miami when a lot of them were coming over the uh, the Gulf and stuff to come uh, to the United States. Um, they have like a, a, a religion of their own down there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of on par a little bit with voodoo. Kind of a Mayan type. But they, uh, they, they told them they couldn't, uh, you know, they couldn't do it. There was it parts of it. But, and it's like out in uh, what uh, the thing about smoking marijuana and stuff uh, with the, the Rastafarians mm-hmm. and all that. They said, no, I'm sorry. Well, you don't get to just be smoking as much pot as you want, or you don't get to just take peyote because it's a part of your religious thing out in the, the and West I, and with I think the that's, Indians. That's kind of part of the problem is that we don't, we don't always know how to 
to couch this debate. I think it's a little bit of a problem even to have the concept of religious liberty. It should be liberty in general. And if and if the liberty happens to violate someone else's rights, then you have to weigh what is the priority. And um, and so I think that's one of the things we kind of confuse. And maybe this kind of helps clarify that to, to some extent. The government should not have the ability to shut down businesses well, and either. I, and, so and you're trying to curtail and, something that they never and, were intended and to be doing. And that's part of the thing with. is just like the 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 right to assemble. That's pretty. That's a pretty serious right. And I, I don't know that there's really. It has to be compelling. There has to be a compelling reason reason to to stop it, and I don't think they they ever had that. Exactly, out of um, that compelling you know, interest does not flow with may, me. Maybe maybe there could be a justifiable case for it if there really was a super serious deadly disease, but COVID wasn't it. I don't Arkansas think. is known about our definitions. Well, and that's uh, but but you well of course we had a president <laughs> didn't even know what is is all right and he came from Arkansas <laughs> figure was, that he one was an out attorney so I guess that makes it okay right? now we got a Supreme Court justice don't know what a woman is she's not a biologist so, so that's right definitions scare me <laughs> yeah they can they can it, it gets in the minutia it gets it gets down in the mud you can change the definitions of a law and change the law uh, totally so I had a a lobbyist tell me one time, write any law you want and give me the definitions, and I'll make it anything. Oh, sure, I want. yeah, you can. You I'll can. drive trucks through holes. That's, <laughs> That's right. Exactly that we right. will make. Right. You know, yeah, you can, goes. I was just noticing up there that the the New York governor's race was forty nine to forty three. The Republican leads. I don't think he was leading. No, he leads. He, was now. he leading? Yeah. Oh wow. Big story today. He's leading well, now. That was kind of an old over old Hochul. Hochul is that her name? Oh, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't see it. Quickly She's enough, the one that was, went in to to take over for Cuomo. That, that would be crazy for a Republican governor to actually pull off a, a win in New York. I heard that school choice, like you said, was a big issue in Arizona in the governor's race. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Do see it's, deci- it's going to be a deciding and factor. They they fought back the teachers union. I'd like to get this lady on because she was there for that whole fight. I'd like to get her on and and talk with her. She's. Uh, uh, she's on, I believe, Sarah's staff, and I'd like to talk to her. So, I will, Judd, if you're listening, and I know you do, uh, I'll be calling you, mm-hmm. or you, you'll get an email, or a, a, you know, you'll get some a tweet, something. All right, uh, you know, have you ever driven past a gas station? Because the gas price is like uh, three twenty-two, and you're driven like four miles to go to the place that charges you three nineteen. You ever done that? A lot of people do. I'm just going to tell you, a lot of people do that. That's an expensive. You know, you go you, you go to a different pump. You don't you don't really think about it, but that you do it that way. Well, health plan premiums go up every year, and right now is that time when you should be looking at your premiums. Make sure you're getting what you want out of them, and they go up to much higher rates than gas prices, to say the least. So why don't you look to a different company for your health insurance? Why keep giving them your business with all the co-pays, all the deductibles? I mean, we've talked sometimes you want to get in to see a doctor. Uh, you're going to pay fifty, seventy-five, a hundred dollars even before you get your three minutes. Uh, and the deductibles have gotten out of hand, you know, five, six, eight ten thousand dollars that you've got to pay out of pocket before your insurance even kicks in so why keep giving them your business 
Why don't you take a few minutes, just call Pat Davis, your health plan man, and see if he can save you 30 to 50% of premiums just like his other clients. Call him at 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935, or go to yourhealthplanman.com because they're going to treat you better. Try to avoid that uh, wreck, if you can, over Melvern. You don't want to get caught up in traffic like that. Hey, Shirley in uh, Pulaski County wants to talk to us. Hey, Shirley, how are you? Hey, good morning. I'm I'm real good. I know you don't generally take calls early like this, but I did have a comment on this issue three, and and I know it's labeled the Arkansas Religious Freedom Amendment. Uh Who would not be for that? And it does okay until it gets to the unless. The practice of religion in Arkansas, unless the government shows there's a compelling reason to do so and acts in the least restrictive ways. Well, we saw what happened in the last two years. And uh, whereas what we already have is very much, you know, mirrors our Constitution, where there's no human authority can in any case or manner whatsoever control or or interfere with the right of conscience. Now, the right of conscience may be subjective to a lot of people, but... I'm going to vote no on this because I think what we have is good. And that little caveat, unless the government, I'm sorry, no. Okay, well, um, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, that, Shirley. In the next, I'm, I'm done. in the next half huh? hour, in the next half hour, we're going to be joined by Luke McCoy from the uh, Family, Family Council, and he'll talk about that and try to and try to make it clear to everybody. He says a lot of people don't understand exactly what that's saying well we'll we'll find out luca join us after uh we do the news top of the hour i hope to get him on before the top of the hour but i wasn't going to put him on and have him on for three minutes and there was no time to really discuss this issue yeah thank you for calling in charlie this yeah. is rd thank you for calling in and and reading the constitution that's what a lot of people are saying it's yeah. what you just said all right people are saying that so if if a lot of people are saying it then somewhere it hasn't been communicated if what they're saying to me from the family council uh what people are thinking is not what it what it is then maybe we're overthinking i don't know we'll, well find I, out i think sometimes what happens is you've got the constitution if it was being followed it would be pretty good but we've got courts that have other ideas and so the courts decide what well, we're not going to we're not going to follow it as it's written we're going to use these other rules to to change then it. here's my question what makes you think the court's going to follow this and that and that's 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 another a good that's a good law. that's a good question so I, I think at least i think in theory is that this will give the courts some um direction if the courts follow it who knows i don't buy but uh, but I, if they're looking for direction maybe but, but some, some of it may <laughs> also surely well, i don't it, buy it. some of it may also be the, the problem with the, the administrative branch is which is the executive branch is um is making up their own rules and i think in many cases business owners don't have the same opportunity to actually fight the cases in court because they have to go to administrative courts i think and and so it's it's kind of a messy situation they don't have the same full access to due process through the administrative um mess and so it's maybe this legislative um or this uh, constitutional provision could rein in the um, the administrative um, process somewhat if, if they'll follow it, and who knows if they will, because they they have their own little set of of um, rules that that they seem to follow that don't necessarily follow the Constitution. So, all right, 
That's Paul Calvert. He's here today. R.D. Hopper is here today. I forgot to introduce both of them when we started the show. My uh, my apologies to them. R.D. Hopper is uh, from Sonny's uh, Auto. He's a small business owner. That's the reason I have him on. And uh, he talks to people all the time. He's hearing what people are having to say, and that's why this issue three question came up, and we're going to try to get some answers for you. Uh, you know, Paul, and Paul has uh, just been around with my show for years, and uh, I like having him on, like him throwing some different uh, thoughts out. He's a little bit more libertarian than other people, which um, opens the discussion up a little bit. So we'll, we'll, you know, he's what we would call a classic liberal. That's what classic liberal was back in the day, a person who believed in freedom. So we've got Paul on uh, to do that. I'm here uh, just to stir the pot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, you're the, you're I'm the conservatarian. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a conservative. I'm, I am the chaos coordinator uh, here on the, on the Dave Ellswick Show, just uh, keeping you abreast of what's being discussed and trying to get the information for you so that you can – uh, you know, make a, a wise decision. Uh, tomorrow, don't forget, at 6.35, I'm going to be joined by Terry Hasdorf. Uh, she's got a book called Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. So we're going to talk to her for a half hour about that tomorrow. Today is the first day of voting. Uh, if you have uh, um, some open time, uh, I can tell you, I know we're, you know, in, in Cabot, we go to the, right there by the library, and you can vote today and cast your ballot. I'm going to go ahead and get it over with uh, and be done with it so that I, I don't have it hanging over my head, so to speak. Like, Dave, you haven't voted yet. You need to get out there and vote. Well, I'm going to vote. I already know who I want to be elected, and so I'm going to go vote. I already know how I feel about one, two, three, and four, the issues. Uh, if you don't, uh, let me tell you, you can. Uh, there's a lot of websites that have the information for you so you can read the bills. That's what I suggest to you more than anything else. Go in and read the issues. I call them bills. But go and read the issues and know what's there. Then if you have questions, you can always call my show and we'll try to get answers for you. So Dave Ellswick show, we got a minute before the local or the uh, international news. Let's get to that. Then when we come back, Luke McCoy will join us from over at Family Council. Six minutes after seven. Questions about issue three here on the Dave Ellswick Show this morning. Now, what's the difference in my show and everybody else's show? Well, I could tell you what my opinion is, but I'd like you to know what uh, the people who put it issue three were thinking and what they really were trying to do. All right, so let's go to uh, the family council. 
And let's talk to Jerry Cox, who's the head of the Family Council. Did you get a chance to brush your teeth, Jerry? You know, I'm, I'm getting there. I just had some jelly on a biscuit. Okay. So uh, I'm still savoring the flavor. All right. Well, that's. I appreciate your calling, and I, you know, I know that people do not get up as early as I do, nor RD, nor Paul, when they're doing the show. And uh, when I when I text you, I thought to myself, man, he's asleep, Dave. He's asleep. He's, he's not going to hear. And I, we called and we left you a voicemail. So then I, then I started on Luke. So give Luke a raise because he he got hammered this morning as well to try to get get on. He, he was going to come on. Go. I was actually up working at five thirty this morning. Wow. My phone was just placed uh, somewhere else. So, okay. Um, yeah. Got an early start. Today, and when you're working, so. that's a good thing to do. Put your phone somewhere else. All right. So let me ask this question. Issue three. We already had a caller in this morning, and uh, they they got some problems with issue three. Uh, R.D. has said that he has some problems, and he's heard this from other people in the church and stuff. So I'm going to let him tell you what he's hearing and then let you, uh, you know, take off on, on, on an answer. So here we go. Sure. Uh, thanks for calling in, Jerry, and uh, and giving us both sides of this issue, and so we can help us understand what's what's going on here. The what people are are saying is that in section twenty four under religious liberty, in, in the current constitution, it says that no human authority in any case or manner whatsoever has control to interfere with the right of conscience. Above, before it does that, it says all men have the right, the natural right. Uh, to worship the Almighty God according to their conscience. And that sounds pretty absolute to everyone in the current conscience. And uh, whenever the wording of issue three, you know, when it comes up back, it has to be, uh, I believe it says, a very compelling reason. Unless. That's uh, yeah, what it says. Unless a compelling reason, then there's we don't see the definitions of what that might be. And as you know, the pendulum swings left and right. And uh, what a com- might be a compelling reason to President Biden might not be a compelling reason to us here in Arkansas. So could you help us clear up this this uh, this worry or, or this question that I'm hearing from people? Sure. Uh, and uh, the answers are really clear, and they're quite simple, really. So in the Arkansas Constitution, it does have um, what, what we would call vague references to rights of conscience and worship. And we know Barack Obama came out and said everybody should have the right to worship. But when you kind of drill down into that a little bit, he wasn't talking about living out your faith in the public square. He was just talking about going over to a building someplace and doing some kind of religious thing or something like that. So first of all, we know there's a difference between religious freedom and the right to worship. Right to worship, even the ACLU supports that. And so when we look at what's in the Arkansas Constitution, nobody can tell us what that means. Um, it's good. I'm glad it's in there. And what I think it means might be different than what somebody else might think. So we felt like there needed to be something more specific that protects religious freedom, not just the right of conscience or the right to worship, but it just flat out says religious freedom. And it says the government 
will not be able to restrict your religious freedom just straight up. And that's in keeping with 200 years of case law here in the United States. It's in keeping with how traditionally religious freedom has been respected and protected here in in the United States. And I might add, this is the same type of wording that's been in the Alabama Constitution for about 20 years. And let me tell you why why this is necessary and why it's written the way it is. I know um, some people are going to raise the red flag and uh, raise the flag and say, but it says the government can burden your free exercise of religion. Well, yes, it, it does say that. And there, none of us would want to live in a country where the government had absolutely no ability to restrict what people do under the cloak of religious freedom. We don't want priests molesting little boys and girls and say, well, it's our religion. It's our religious freedom. You can't touch us. We don't want terrorists planning terrorist attacks over here at the mosque and somehow claiming the FBI or others can't do anything about it. We don't want, heaven forbid, there are groups out there that claim abortion is their religious freedom. We want the government to be able to step in and say, no, that's not, that you can't do that under religious freedom. That's what this amendment allows and means when it says the government can restrict it, but it also says if they're going to restrict it, they have to do it in the least restrictive means possible. So they can't just drum up some bogus reason and claim a compelling reason. All of these words mean way more to courts and judges than they do to laymen. And it gets into things called strict strict scrutiny and so forth. And so when the national uh, religious freedom groups looked at this law, they said, man, this is a great law. It will do a lot to protect religious freedom now. And it may do even more down the road because we don't want to get in a situation where someday some government person out here issues a pronouncement that preaching certain things in the pulpit are hate speech. And therefore, we're going to burden what you say from the pulpit, as they are doing in Canada. So this amendment is for now, but it's also more for the future to prevent the government from doing what they're already doing in other places. Christians are among the most persecuted of all religions around the world. And I'm quite surprised that people who haven't studied this issue very much just do a casual read of it, and they somehow decide that this would be, uh, you know, a bad thing. And, and no, it's a good it's a good law. We need to vote for it. Jerry, this is Paul Calvert. I, 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 think, I think you're probably right on on that. And I think it's one of those things that a lot of times we don't think about the reality is that a lot of laws and principles in general are true, but there's sometimes some competing interests involved. And so just like over in England, when they're being bombed by German planes, 
there might be a lights out order because there's a bombing raid coming. And so uh, a, a com- there's a compelling government interest to say you cannot have church with lights on when this bombing raid is happening. But so, a, but a, a least restrictive manner might say that well, you can still meet. You just can't have the lights on, or you have to cover up the windows so light can't be seen. And so, but the the whereas maybe government right now in some cases would say you just can't meet, you can't have church because there's a bombing raid. Whereas the least restrictive means would be you can't. You have to turn the lights off. You can't right? have church because there's a virus. That, yeah, that's another, and that's the more modern, that's the more um, thing that's hit home with some of us here in this country is that we've got government interests claiming that, well, you can't have church because of a virus without much evidence of, at all of, of, of how, how the virus spreads or what would be effective at reducing it. And it's some of that is just it's just kind of a, a, a free-for-all. Well, the people that well, I'm talking and, to. Yeah, and Paul, I, I, you're, you're exactly right, and I think the um, the pandemic uh, certainly highlighted a bunch of this, and I'll give you an example. Um, down in Mississippi, we all know the case where they were trying to have church on the parking lot. Mm-hmm. No, people were socially distanced. They were in their cars. Um, and yes, the police came through and said, you can't have church. And then the, down the road, other places were open. And, um, you know, that would, the beer that would give the church something to push back with. And I might add that there are no laws that we have on the books that would prevent the government from trying to jerk you around in in all kinds of ways. But if you're going to fight back, you want some tools to do it with, to go to court and say, listen, here, they were burdening my freedom of religion, and they were doing it in a way that was excessive. So therefore, we have the right to to go to court and get relief here, and so that's what this does. It gives you another tool to push back with. Well, thank you so much for calling in. You know, the people I'm talking to have taken this to lawyers and have lawyers read it that are Christians that they trust and really trying to look into the meaning of the word. You, as you say, it really comes into case law and what the de- and, and the definitions of what these words would mean in courtroom. And most of us do not live in a courtroom. So uh, we appreciate you calling in and shining some light on it. But I think it would some definitions, you know, we all would support your definition of what a compelling reason would be. But uh, I think maybe a definition of what a compelling reason was on the backside of this law to where we see on very many laws uh, would would have shored this up a little bit and uh, clarified what you're trying to clarify today because even attorneys that we're having looking at it are saying, you know, they would like a little clarity on the backside of it. But we would all vote for it if it did, if everybody was confident that it did what you're saying, Jerry. Well, and think about this. If if this were – if we were voting on the Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights don't flesh out a whole lot. And so, yeah, you have freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, but it doesn't flesh it out a whole lot. And that's why you do have to rely on a couple hundred years of case law and other things. And at the end of the day, it's real important who we elect as judges. Yeah, they're the ones that are going to interpret this, and I don't care how much detail you put in something. If you elect a sorry judge, 
they will find a way to take away your freedom. They no just doubt. will. And, no and so, you know, I think we've done about as good as we were capable of doing when this was put together. Um, you don't want an amendment that reads like the tax code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then the more words you put in there, the more people look for loopholes. That's and it, right. It's really confusing. Gotcha. So uh, that's that's part of the, of the issue there. But on balance, this improves things because right now the government, according to state law, can substantially burden your freedom of religion. That's what the religious freedom law on the book says right now. It says they have permission right now to substantially burden. This says, no, you can't substantially burden. You can burden it, but you got to have a real compelling reason. You've got to have a compelling reason. And the burden has to be the least least burdensome. As restrictive means possible. Yeah. And so... This is an improvement over what's in state law right now. Thank All right. You. Jerry, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Right. Go ahead and brush your teeth now. <laughs> I'm, I'm headed there right now. All, All right. right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Jerry Cox here Thank on you. the Dave Ellswick Show. Hopefully that's helped everybody understand what they're trying to do. And uh, maybe uh, since uh, polls just opened probably about 20 minutes ago, maybe you heard that. Maybe maybe it changed your vote. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But I just wanted you to have all the information. we got to get a break in. Then we'll come back. Let me tell you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing is not only just PI Roofing, but it's Home Solutions, too. They uh, Today at 10 o'clock, I'm going to be uh, visited by uh, the folks from uh, PI Roofing, and they're going to be looking at my deck because they do construction as well. And I want to get a uh, figure from them about, uh, you know, hey, uh, how much is it going to cost to fix my deck so that it would be ready uh, next uh, next springtime? I mean, I may not even start working on it until January. I may bring them out there when it's dead cold out there to start fixing it. But, uh, you know, I, I need to have the information so I can make my plans. PI Roofing will do that for you now. They do construction. They'll put in windows. They'll put on gutters. And don't forget, they're the best for taking care of your roof. That's PI Roofing. Call them 501-707-3115. It's 501-707-3115. Or visit them online at piroofing.com. Back with you the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we've got a little bit of time to talk here before we get to the bottom of the hour. Uh, At 735, Robert Steinbach will be with us. Uh, He wrote an uh, op-ed over the weekend we're going to have him on talk a little bit about that and it's about issue uh, two and uh, he makes it very clear case about uh, the chamber of commerce farm bureau and others uh, why this piece of uh, uh, this issue this uh, generated what is it and this amendment uh, needs to be uh, put into the Constitution. So we'll talk to Robert about that. That's coming up here in about, oh, 10 minutes. We'll we get into it. Do you feel a little better after hearing what uh, Jerry had to say, uh, uh, R.D.? Yes, he said that there's case law and on the wording that is used. And he said there's a couple of hundred years of case studies to where the compelling reason. Yeah, since the founding of the republic. Is, is, the compelling reason has been upheld in court. 
and we do understand that it gives people the right to take the government to court if they do take your freedom away from you so that's a good thing and you know coming from jerry you know that means that means Here's a lot. A wait, wait, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, they've been on the right side of of ninety nine percent of anything that's been at the Capitol. But and they have to negotiate occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> don't I, worry. I, I, they I'm did not, on Rifra. Rifra is a perfect example of that. Of what happened about Rifra when uh, Ballinger came mm-hmm. out with a really, I mean, it was a solid, hardcore piece of legislation. And uh, some people up in northwest in, uh, Arkansas that, uh, you know, is a big company. I'll let you figure out who I'm talking about. Uh, decided they didn't like it, and they sent a letter to the governor. And the governor suddenly, who had said he would sign it, suddenly said he wouldn't sign it. So uh, Ballinger went in and and uh, and mitigated that out. And I know Jerry was involved in that as well. And I had him on the show afterwards, and he said, hey, we didn't have one before. We have this law now. We're in much, a much better shape than we were, and so we can be proud of that. And I agreed with him on all of that. Uh, I'd like to see now that we got a much uh, more conservative, uh, it looks like to me, uh, legislature and uh, a governor, uh, that uh, maybe they'll even revisit that again. Well, and, and so so one of the things that both Artie Hopper and I both have issues with, a little heartburn, is this compelling governmental interest thing. Is that That's one of the things that government's a little bit squishy on. Maybe not a little bit squishy. They're well, a lot squishy on. But Jerry on. dealt with that, and, and he and said there is no law you can right, write, Paul, right. that will keep a court from going nuts. And that's part of the problem <laughs> is that we, we, we can't make it perfect, but it, but – Maybe we need to, to maybe work on some setting some boundaries there because there there are people. One of the issues that I've thought about is that there there are people out there that honestly believe that if you preach against homosexuality or maybe some of these other sins, that you are um, endangering people on a suicide level. Well, guess what? You don't have to even go to Canada on something like I know. that. Just Houston, go to, Texas. Go to Houston, you're, you're Texas. You're liable to Houston, end up, Texas. Right, and that's, that's the thing is that there are people right now, I, I, I believe, that would try to make it illegal to preach against homosexuality oh, yeah. but, because of the fact that, well, that makes those people uncomfortable and they might commit suicide. Therefore, we have a compelling governmental interest to stop you from preaching against that sin. So you know what Jerry's saying is this is best we can get right now and it's better than what we've got. But uh, I think that's probably true. And, uh, and sometimes we'll revisit it later and come back to it to strengthen strengthen a law that is on the book so they're in this long term and they've been doing it for a long time so uh we're not calling you what it comes out (laughs) (laughs) we'll have to see it comes out now when it comes to us we you know we would not make good senators and legislatures and because you know we might be like one from heber heber springs that's gotten one law passed in eight years Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. He doesn't like to negotiate, and uh, but sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to negotiate and get what you can. But and I love the man that we're talking. About. <laughs> well, and making making. I love him too. If you can make two steps forward, one step back, that's that's still good progress. Just try not to do the two steps back and one step forward. That's sometimes exactly right. You need people like that up there for a balance, and that's I mean, for sure. And somebody that will tell you what a bill is actually getting ready to do. All right, we got to take a break. Don't forget, when we come back, Robert Steinbach, law professor, 
over at the Bowen School of Law will join us, and we'll talk to him about his op-ed about Issue 2 when we continue on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to start probably paying this guy that we're going to have on. Uh, Robert Steinbach. <laughs> Robert Steinbach is joining us now on the Dave Ellswick Show. I suggest you pay him twice what you pay us. Yeah, I'll pay. That's it. I'll double his salary over yours. Uh, bottom line, Robert is a, of course, law professor uh, over at the Bowen School of Law. His opinion is his and his alone and not necessarily that of the School of Law or the university to which it subscribes. And uh, we've got him on this morning because... Uh, he is now – he got called by the uh, Democrat Gazette, and they've asked him to, I guess, come in and write some op-eds. And uh, this last uh, weekend, uh, the op-ed was about issue two. And so you tell us, Robert, what's your view on issue two and tell, you why, tell us why you formed your opinion on it. I'd be happy to, albeit, uh, Dave, the op-ed this weekend was on issue one. But oh, I'll tell you about sorry. all four issues. Okay. That's right. And that's why you got to pay me double, like you said. <laughs> uh, in a nutshell, uh, issue one is about whether the legislature can, from time to time, call itself back into session. That's right. Right now, if you remember, the legislature uh, only meets on substantive lawmaking once every other year. It's bicameral. Uh, well, bicameral two houses, but yeah. biannual, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, biannual. Uh, in any event, um, the, they meet once every two years. And when they meet, it's for three months, not all year. Uh, and so uh, Randy Zook from the Arkansas Chamber of Commerce uh, and this fellow, I forget his name, uh, from the uh, uh, Insurance Farm Bureau, uh, they are pushing against having the legislature come out every year, being able to call itself into session when it needs to, like during COVID. And sure enough, by the way, Randy Zook was testifying when I testified before the legislature, and he was uh, being grilled by them, and he didn't come out looking good. So that's why they don't want the legislature in session, because then they get called in and they don't look good. So I'm for issue one that allows the the legislature from time to time to call itself into session if it needs to do so. Issue two is the question as to uh, whether or not, how, what percentage it takes to amend the Constitution when it's on the ballot. So we have these four ballot initiatives, right? And right now, all you need is a majority vote, and they pass. If you don't get a majority vote, they fail. And this would change, this issue number two, that is, would change that to a 60% requirement. Now, I'll, let me say this. There's a fair argument for upping the limit to change of the Constitution. And so I don't think it's a terrible idea, but I'm against it because I am more for democratic power. I'm more for power of the people. If you up it to 60%, what you're effectively saying is we don't trust the people enough, so we want to make it harder for them to pass an amendment. So that goes, uh, that goes, that goes against uh, the state model, does it not? What's the state motto? Right, I don't even know yeah, People rule. People rule. Oh, there you go. So, That's right. Go ahead. So, so I, I, this, this is Paul Calvert. So one of the things that yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on the same page with you, but on some level. So I, I, what I would think of is maybe a little bit different 
approach is maybe make it easier to get things on the ballot for a constitutional amendment, but make it harder to pass them. So maybe require 60 or 70 percent to pass them, but make it actually accessible for people to get something on the ballot. Like right now, if it's just kind of a grassroots effort, if you don't have a couple million dollars to spend on something, it's pretty hard to get something on the ballot. So maybe if we can – what's that – I say, indeed. So that's part of the analysis is right now it's not so easy to get on the ballot. So people say, well, we need to up it to 60. Okay, but you haven't talked about how hard it is to get it on the ballot. And I agree with you, Paul, on the broader notion, which is I think it's a fair debate to say, should it be a a simple majority or not? I think given this proposal, I want to stick with a simple majority. But I don't think anybody arguing the opposite is doing out of bad faith or even that they don't have some argument. I do I think they have some argument. All in all, I, I'm going to vote no on issue two. But I think you're right that it's not like, oh, well, I'll to vote this way or the other way on this amendment. It's, I think this is actually, strategic. This is, this is an issue of st- strategy and how to keep the government yeah. from murdering us all. Okay. So my question then for Robert, on let's get back to issue one, which was what his uh, his article was about. It seems to me that issue one is an issue of deciding that the legislature has the same amount of power as what the governor has. Is that not the case? Hundred percent. And remember, the difference between the governor and the legislature is the legislature represents the people directly more so than the governor. So it restores that balance uh, where the uh, people have more control over what happens in, in lawmaking. And that's why it's so critical that we have. We saw this during COVID. Remember, the governor created this system whereby these little mom and pop shops were getting penalized uh, for not being mask police. And the legislature was out of session and they couldn't do anything about it. And then there was a lawsuit and this and that. Uh, and so it is so critical to balance that power of the legislature with the power of the governor. Not more, not less. Balance. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. You can yeah, I would argue. agree. And and you know what we worry about these things. We know the issues that a lot of times bring bring up these things. You know, we know marijuana played a part in the issue, and it actually made it harder for citizens to get something on the ballot because of marijuana. They passed a law that raised the bar of how many signatures that you have that to have to get something. Ago. Two years ago. So mm-hmm. a lot of times we know the reason behind these things, but sometimes it has unintended consequences that take right. some of our freedom away from us. And when you look at these issues, you have to look at short-term and long-term. And when the pendulum swings and the other side gets it, you know, just like a line-item V, that we saw not long ago well you can start doing that if you want to it may be legally but but once you do it you can pretty well rest assured that whenever the shoe gets on the other foot they're going to do the same thing so you're so right on the money about that and that's why switching back to issue two uh, that is the whether it takes 60 percent or a simple majority to pass an amendment when in doubt i defer to the power of the people and that's why i'm going to vote no on issue two if i may say a quick word on issue three yeah that's the religious freedom amendment yeah we just got done talking about that in last half hour jerry cox what's your thoughts oh good and Jerry's for it, right? Yes. 
Indeed. So there's some misinformation out there, and it's really concerning me, and I actually think that it might be coming from the sort of atheist, anti-religion folks, and they're telling religious folks, oh, this amendment makes it harder to protect your religion. That's a lie. That's a lie. This undoubtedly, you know, and, and this is, you know, I don't usually invoke the I'm the law professor card, but <laughs> let me tell you, folks, because people say, well, the First Amendment says you can't have your rights infringed. What could be more than that? The First Amendment is not interpreted that way for the last 200 years by Republicans and Democrats alike. So I love that kind of traditional, original interpretation, but nobody's using it. And I'm telling you, in the, in a uh, Supreme Court opinion about Arkansas, about Arkansas, fairly recently, I don't know, five or ten years ago recently, the Supreme Court said that the substance of this amendment, when it was just the the law, not even an amendment, is more protective, is more protective than the First Amendment. So this will improve freedom of religion. Of that, there's no doubt. Now, if you're anti-freedom of religion, vote against it. But if you want to strengthen protections for religious observance, and you know all the headaches that I've had at the law school about my <laughs> religious observance, yeah. I guarantee you that issue three is pro-religion. You want to vote for issue three. So ultimately, it's no one is, excuse me, let me restate it because I already messed it up. Uh, ultimately, issue one, yes. Issue two, no. Issue three, yes. And issue four, marijuana, no. So it's yes, no. Yes, no. Yeah, the problem with issue four is easy to to, to talk about. Yeah, yeah. we all want to see, I, well, I'm going to say we all, but I think a majority of Arkansans have a different view of marijuana than they had 20 years ago. Sure. And, and, with that, and with that in mind, you know, maybe we want to make, decriminalize it, or maybe we want to make it legal. That, that's that's, that's uh, debatable. But that's here's right. what we don't want to do. We don't want to strip the rights of the state legislature. We don't want to strip our own rights to have a say in it. And that's what Issue 4 does. Oh, Issue 4 creates a monopoly in big business, uh, so they create a legal cartel, and then nobody else can sell marijuana, so you wind up with the same black market that you thought you are going to eliminate. Because the problem with the black market, right, when people sell stuff illegally, is the crime that goes along with it, because you can't go to court to sue over a breach of contract. Right, that's, a, that's, that's, one of the, yeah, that's what makes black markets so stinking dangerous. And it's, there's some yeah. industries that are going to be black market, like... like um, the um, 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 human trafficking or something of that nature that just never can be legal because you can't kidnap people right. and sell them, and so it, or stolen cars, whatever it else is. But when you manufacture a new um, crime out of thin air and and basically force people into the black market, then it makes it extra dangerous because right. someone maybe someone makes poisonous weed and sells it to you, and you can't sue them and whatever else. So that that makes things extra dangerous. And it, it's a problem. You're absolutely right. Now, let me just say, with Robert, he says, no, I'll vote no. But I also had Melissa Foltz on, who has been instrumental in, you know, medicinal marijuana. I've had David Couch on, who's been instrumental in medicinal marijuana. And both of them, Jerry Cox on. I mean, I've had a, just a, a parade of people come on here and say, vote no on issue yeah. four. Both sides. Both you know, sides. That's correct. And, and, and that comes down to 
I got some information that the people for issue four are outspending the people trying to defeat it ten to one in money on television. That says a lot to me as well. Oh yeah, big money in monopolistic drugs. Billions, by the way, billions of dollars. Easy. And and issue four also says you can't grow the homegrown ganja. You can't grow weed at home. <laughs> so don't you love how big business is in cahoots with government making you buy a license? And if you want to do it at home, you're the criminal. That's right. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not where we wanted to go with this. It's the same way. You remember this, Robert. You were on my show and we talked about it. The lottery. When the first couple of bills came out to try to make the lottery legal, it was people trying to get themselves into a business and they were the only ones that could do it. And then Halter, and it's the only good thing I'll say about Halter, is that he worked out. He did out, a good job. He did a good job on it. And it was a clean yep. bill, and the people voted for it. So, anyway, there's a lot of comparisons there. Okay, yes on one, no on two, yes on three, no on four. I'll get David Ray on and have him on to tell us why we should vote yes on number two. I'm sure that he'd love to have some time to talk about that. He'll say, because of number four, vote yes on two. (laughs) That's pretty pretty much the truth. That's about what you do. All right, Robert, I'll let you get back to to doing your work. I know that uh, classes are back in session. Have a good day, and thanks for being part of the show. All right, it is uh, 10 minutes until uh, 8 o'clock. Got to take a break. Don't forget it, 9 o'clock. Don't want to miss it. Stephen Landers in studio for an hour talking about why he wants to be mayor of Little Rock. That's coming your way. I want to tell you about uh, my good buddy, uh, Billy Mack. Had him on last week. Had a whole hour with him talking about what makes ICU uh, protection so much different from other security firms. And I think he did a good job uh, of explaining it to you. The biggest thing there is a difference on is that you pay for the service but you do not pay for the hardware they put on your car or on your on your house or on your business. For instance, uh, you know, Billy Mac will tell you they'll come out and put door and window sensors on all your doors and your windows. Uh, if you want cameras, you'll talk with them. You'll make a plan. Maybe you need one. Maybe you need four. You'll you'll talk it over. If you want four, maybe you're pay you're going to pay a little bit more for the service, uh, motion detection, uh, the analytics that they have. But here's the case: you bring the other companies in. Here's what happens: they sit down and they talk to you, and they go, "Well, here's what's going to cost you. It's going to cost you for monthly payment, but on the first month you got to pay for the equipment, and it may be five six hundred bucks. You'll not get that kind of bill." from Billy Mack of ICU Protection. You pay for the service. You don't pay for the hardware. They do the job. They do it right. And Billy Mack will get the new system up and running for you in basically no time. They do homes. They do businesses. Give him a call. 501-205-1333. 501-205-1333. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, Larry Cudrell is one of my favorite people. He, uh, of course, uh, was an advisor to former uh, President Donald Trump. He's on Fox News in the afternoons, Monday through Friday. I'll be honest with you, it is the only Fox show that I record daily, and I go home and I watch it. Uh, He was on Fox News Sunday 
and uh, he claimed Biden has repeatedly lied about the state of the economy, such as insisting his administration inherited a weak economy from Donald Trump and that the economy is strong right now. Remember, he was eating ice cream cone. He says, the economy is strong as hell. That's what he said. You know, I would have a different way of saying things. That doesn't Cud- sound like a very strong economy. Yeah, Cudwell said that the economy is about to slide into a recession and Biden's policies have failed catastrophically. Quote, I've never understood these crazy assertions. Utter fraud. I mean, just to look at the numbers. When Joe Biden was inaugurated, the economy was growing at 6.5%. The inflation rate was barely above 1%. And in the course of the next 12 to 15 months, 18 months, he took that economic boom. He essentially turned it into a recession because of all the inflationary federal spending and regulating and the war against fossil fuels. He will not tell the truth about the economy. He inherited a boom. He turned it into a bust. And we're in a lot of trouble now. Then he went on. The Federal Reserve is raising interest rates. Stock markets are falling. We are headed for a very deep recession. And these progressive policies have utterly failed. There's no confidence in him. There's no confidence in his policies. And right now, there's no confidence in the economy. And that's why the Calvary is coming. That's why we're going to see a tremendous turnover in Congress in the next couple of weeks in the midterm elections. Well, I hope he's right. I love him, man. I really like Larry. I like him. He's been saying the Calvary is coming for uh, months. But here's the caveat at the end. I hope there's something to save. That's well, what that's, he says. That's, 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 that is kind of scary because we, we've got an economy that's based on a, what, what seemed like a pretty fragile um, monetary system, and it's it, what I, I don't know. I mean, like, so I was, I think I was saw something on Facebook a while back that we've got realtors that have been realtors for maybe almost twenty years, and they haven't seen interest rates below or above six percent. Yeah, because they weren't alive when Carter was. They can't around. remember Jimmy Carter. <laughs> that's well, exactly that, right. Well, that's what makes me it. feel better, but, though. But I, you I, know, it survived Jimmy Carter. Yeah, so hey, and it gave us Ronald Reagan. But I can remember my parents having a mortgage on their house. And and people would call to, to ask them about refinancing, and my parents would say, "Well, we, we've already got seven percent," and that was probably in the nineties, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a good rate. That's during the nineties. But just just within the last, as, as recently as six months ago, people were getting less than three percent on mortgages. Mine is under three percent right now. That's free money. Yeah, essentially, it, it or actually, is. almost like they're paying you to take money. Well, it's not just Biden that's saying this stuff about the economy. You know who else is saying this stuff? Nancy Pelosi. Of course, I do. She expressed no regret during an interview Sunday on, I think, Face the Nation is who she was on. Yes, Face the Nation. Here's what she said. Uh, When she was confronted with the reality that Republicans would win back the House of Representatives during uh, next month's midterm election, she said it's about getting out the vote. Everything else is a conversation compared to that. But in order – now listen to her, all right? But in order to do that, you have to have inspiration. You can't run on empty. And the fact is, is that when I hear people talk about inflation, as I've heard him there, we have to change that subject. We got to change that subject. Inflation is a global phenomena, she said. It's not the fight is not about inflation, she claimed. It's about the cost 
of living. What do you think inflation is? <laughs> what? Print Free money, money solves let, let, that problem. Let's take the gavel from that woman. Print some more money, and we're going to stop inflation. Like, look, the, the the thing is that there are there are issues that are that will cause prices to go up and down. That's not the same as inflation. It's called government. You. It's called government interference. Man, hang yeah. on, man. If, if the Democrats, by some chance, hold on to the House and Senate, the roller coaster ride is going to get really rough. I'm just telling but you, even it's on be the rough already. even on the bright side, if if they do take over, maybe it'll wake us up. Paul Calvert, R.D. Hopper, thanks thank for you for us. this morning. Yes, Appreciate sir. you guys. Our thanks to Jerry Cox and Robert Steinbach as well. I'm Dave Ellswick. See you at nine. I'll have Steve Landers on with me. about you but i've been waiting for today i've known this for a week that we're going to have this man on and i've been excited about it ever since we set it up steve landers who's a candidate for the uh, mayor uh, position here in the city of little rock is here in the studio we're going to talk about what he believes in and what the city needs and why you should vote for him today is the first day of voting uh, if you're one of, a person like me and you put something off and then you find yourself on uh, November 7th going, oh, my God, I haven't voted. Uh, you want to make sure you vote today. And I'm, I'm going to do that as soon as I leave the studio. I'm uh, picking up my, my beautiful wife and we're heading to the polls there in Cabot and we'll be casting our uh of course, ballots up in, in that area. But uh, it's great to have Steve Landers here. I've been telling you all along that uh, they need we need new management in the city of Little Rock. I think this man is the man to do it. So, uh, thanks for coming in, Steve. Dave, thank you so much. It's uh, great to be here, and it's exciting day today. You know, I, I, without, I was up at 4.30 this morning. Um, I've already been to seven of the eight polling places. Wow. And uh, just checking the, just checking things out, and, and uh, um, I'm in it to win it. I'm not. I didn't. I didn't do the last thirteen and a half months. Uh, I've done thirteen and a half months more than all candidates combined have done of, of working and seeing every part of this city, every neighborhood, every uh, association. Uh, you know, I just I just go out all around because it's it's about the people. It's not about me. It's about the people. I'm not trying to be a king. I'm trying to be a servant to the city. I retired out of the auto business. People know me from that. Um, but I got out of that business, and, and I was, I had, I felt good, and I, I felt good physically. And I said, you know, I can do something. And 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 this, our city was in chaos. It's still in chaos. Uh, and um, so I, I, uh, I decided that that's what I'm going to do. You know, when the when the $500 million sales tax he tried to put on during the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. that would have cost $53 million a year or $250 or two to $250 a person or a family more each uh, each month. 
you know, people can't stand that right now. We're, we're in, we have in, inflation is awful. Groceries are high, gas is high, and it's going higher. And um, I just want to be that. I just want to be that guy that's for all the people. I, I don't care what race you are, what gen- gender you are. Makes me no difference. I'm going to hold people accountable as a, as, a, as a new mayor for doing the right thing each day without fail, no exception. And um, that's what I did in my business that ran successfully for, for 50 years. All right. Well, I never thought you would retire, sit down, and put your feet up. I ne- I've, <laughs> I've known you a little bit over the years, and yeah. i got to tell you, you're not that kind of guy. I'm not that guy. And, you know, uh, Dave, every morning I'll get up and go to work. I'll drive myself, by the way, too. You know, and uh, but I'll get up and go to work, and uh, I'll go to work to work. Am I going to sit in that office all day? I'm probably going to be out on the streets talking to the citizens, you know, in the different areas, and and trying to figure out a, uh, help to help how to help the homeless, how to help the to the, to work on the panhandling problem that we have, and and uh, which is terrible. And, um, and but but my main my main goal is to I'm like Ford used to be. Ford used to say quality is job one. Mm-hmm. Well, in my administration, safety will be job one. I'm going to make this city a safer city. Right now, we're sitting on 69 or 70 homicides. Yeah, I haven't counted this weekend. Yet. No, it's it's just it's just uh, it's just too many, Dave. Yeah, and it, and it's happening, and it's happening with regularity, and it's not happening in the areas people are used to seeing them happen. It's spread out. It's in all neighborhoods, and it's affecting all uh, ages. And uh, what's your idea about crime? I mean, what is it that you want to do? Well, you know, crime. Uh, I saw a, a, a post the other, a, a on online post the other day, FBI reporting that that uh, the most dangerous city in the U.S. Uh, the most dangerous cities in the U.S. and Little Rock was one. We've moved from four to number one. We moved ahead of Memphis, really uh, per capita. Yes, and, you know Memphis is a million five people. You know, but but per capita we moved ahead of Memphis and and uh, uh, we've given this guy four years and we've listened to all these promises that he said he's kept. You know, I saw his billboard coming in. It said. Uh, Frank Scott, uh, uh, your champion for safety. Well, if that's a champion for safety, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I you know, I, I I care about the people and kids going to school and being safe at school. Um, I care about um, mothers being able to feed their kids. I care about uh, being able to buy gas to go to work. You know, I I, I, I wasn't always a a, a, a card a, you know a successful card dealer. I was I started out where I couldn't rub two nickels together. You right. know, so I started working when I was five or six years old, standing on the corner selling newspapers, make two or three dollars a week. I could buy candy all week. You know, so I've just I've I've been on both sides of the fence. I understand what it is to not have anything and to have a little something. You mm-hmm. know, and so uh, I think I think uh, that gives a balance to to a mayor that thinks before. He makes a decision to put a five hundred million dollar tax in the middle of a reset in the middle of a COVID pandemic. You know, with all the talk that you've done, and I know you've done a lot with the average uh, police officer that's out on the street. What are they telling you is causing the problems that we're seeing here in the city? Well, the first thing they say is morale. They say there's zero morale in our city police department. Um, you know, I, I, I harped at. Uh, 
when I started this 13 and a half months ago, uh, I called the chief police that he had out and said, as soon as I'm elected, I'll replace this chief because he, he got us in lawsuits, got us in a lot of issues along with the mayor. Uh, in fact, uh, the mayor keeps, you know, keeps lawsuits going. And uh, uh, we just all – we shouldn't have that. I, I spent 50 years in the auto business, never got sued on a deal, on a car deal. I just never got sued on deals because I did the right thing. Right. And so if you get up – and I would tell my people that work for, for me, I said, look – if that customer gets to me, I'm going to do the right thing. So why don't you do the right thing before he gets to me, and let's solve these problems, you know, because you have problems when you sell anything made by man. You know, mm-hmm. people complain about this and that on their car, you know. Uh, so my customers came first to me. Well, as a mayor, the citizens of this city, all the citizens are going to come first to me. Okay, so do they say – you know, gun crime, drug crime, any kind of specific well, crime is, is, is spurring people just willy-nilly killing each other? Well, you know, the gun crime, you know, you're not going to take guns away from bad people. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much money you offer in a buyback program or anything. You're not going to take them away from Because a lot of these people got four or five thousand dollars cash in their pocket they'll go buy a gun anytime anywhere yeah out of the back of some car yeah yeah. so 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 we're not we can't say take the guns out of their hands because they're going to get them and uh, uh, the problem is last and last week i went down to uh, southwest little rock and there were six um drug salesmen drug Mm -hmm. guys yeah out in the yard i got out and i shook their hand i said look i'm going to respect the fact I'm going to respect you guys are men, but but you're going to respect the city and the people in the city. You know, the the mothers, the pregnant women, the kids in cars, the grandparents in cars. I said, guys, y'all got to, y'all got to change what you're doing. And I said, we're going to change it fast, you know, because you're pulling up side cars and emptying these 60 rounds or 30 rounds or 60 rounds into these cars and you don't know who you're hitting mm-hmm. but you're killing babies you're killing you're killing pregnant women you're killing uh, uh grandmothers you're killing little kids so innocent people innocent people and we got to stop that we got to stop that we can't continue going like we're doing you know north little rock's got is i think the last count i got about a week ago was 15 homicides little rock 69 homicides that river doesn't make that much difference. You know, right. you can't tell me that a river causes that difference. So it's not the river. It's not that the. It's not everywhere. You know, they have a tendency to say well, crimes up everywhere. Well, crimes worse in many places than it is other places. North Little Rock and Little Rock are attached. Why is the crime so much higher in Little Rock? It's the job we're doing. It's leadership. I'm gonna be a leader. You know, if you want to, if you want a debater. Or if you want a politician, don't vote for me because I'm neither one of those. But if you want a doer and somebody will do the right thing and get up every morning with that in their mind, I am that guy. 
All right, Steve Landers is our guest. He's going to be with us for a while. we got lots of questions for him. We're going to move to a different topic. When I come back, I want to talk to him about transparency. We've been talking about that uh, in Frank Scott's uh, administration. Not a whole lot of it going on. We'll see what Steve Landers says about it when we return. Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. I went over and saw Eric Coleman on Thursday and uh, stood there in his store, and I want to get a, a special made uh, medallion for my wife and I for Christmas. Don't tell her, all right? Don't say, hey, I heard your husband on the... Don't do that. Uh, but it's going to be a Star of David with a cross in the center of it, and I'm getting that uh, fixed up. And uh, we talked for about 20 minutes. He knows what it is that I'm looking at. He'll have a mock-up for me here within another week or so, and then uh, we'll go and we'll go ahead and make it. Going to make it out of uh, you know silver and uh, have three rubies in them in each of them. But uh, this is a special deal, and Eric Coleman can do it for you because he does unique creations like this. You need a a wedding ring, he'll design it for you. You need a you need a you know. You want to ask a young lady or a young guy uh, to get married, he'll take care of the rings for you. He'll save you a lot of money for wedding band sets. He'll save you at least 20% on those. Stop by and visit him. He's at 3000 Cavanaugh, Suite E, right up there in the Heights. He'll take good care of you. And uh, he's open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Call him, 501-246-3655. It's my buddy, Eric Coleman at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Back with you, Steve Landers, our special guest. Steve, you have you have some you have a policy that you want to have for crime. What is it? Well, David, it's a plan. You know, Mayor uh, uh, Scott says I I'd never had a plan, but that's wrong. Uh, I've always had a plan. I just didn't want to bring my plan out and give it to him because everything I've been bringing out, he tries to to go. Uh, clean it up, you know, but it's it's a mess. Our city's a mess, and um, but I do have a plan. Our plan is to to uh, build, to fund, to recruit, and to retain our Little Rock Police Department. You know, to build building our department means we got to work with people like the Arkansas State Police. We got to work with uh, Pulaski County Sheriff's Department. We got to work with. Benton, Cabot, Bryant. We work with these other areas because crime has no boundaries. Nope. Crime has no boundaries. And so, uh, but we, we got to get relationships, which we don't now. Our relationships are terrible with them. They won't, you know, it's just bad. Now, you know, secondly, uh, fund. You know, fund, we need to get the technology we need. Uh, we, we need drones. They closed the drone program down. Um, up until about six months ago or eight months. When I got in, I started talking about we need drones, and they, they're trying to open it back up. So, you know, we, we need uh, to uh, stuff like we need a helicopter. Two o'clock in the morning, if a young policeman's jumping through the backyard trying to catch a rapist or a murderer, uh, it's nice to have a helicopter light on him. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we sold our helicopter. We don't. We didn't want the helicopter because, you know, it's just uh, so. But we need that. We need a, we need a helicopter to to oversee these uh, early morning bad things that are going on. Um, you know, we just we got to build our our uh, training center. We got uh, we've got a a uh, 
evidence room at the training center down there that got broke into not too long long ago. Um, I saw pictures of it, and uh, water was leaking inside. You know, boxes were strode everywhere, and that's our evidence. You know, so any lawyer could get anybody off. You know, all they got to do is say, you know, how can this evidence not be contaminated? Right. You know, so so we we need an evidence room. We need we need proper equipment for our police and fire. You know, our fire departments now have problems with apparatus, which is the the stuff that goes on on the trucks. Trucks come from Ford or GM or whoever, but the apparatus is put on by Pierce out of Houston. Uh, so our trucks stay down there sometimes ten or twelve weeks. Wow. Waiting on them to get fixed by guys that are not qualified to fix them. Because the apparatus is done by Pierce, out of, and they're down in Houston. So we don't have a trained mechanic. So how can they fix it? They can't fix it. And it just keeps going back and back and sitting down there. While it sits down there, they pay. the fire department has to pay, uh, gets charged $70 a day from the $70 a day while the fire department's vehicle is sitting down there waiting on somebody that can't fix it to fix it so i mean where does the money go those are things i'm going to find out you know i'm going to find out you know i know a little bit about fixing vehicles but the first thing i'm going to do is get two mechanics sent to pierce training school so we can fix these vehicles uh fire fireman called me the other day and they said steve he said uh you know we we don't have we're working out of a pickup truck we don't have anything we're working out of a pickup truck and uh, because their equipment's broke down, right? But so it just it will never be fixed. But that, that's going to be one of my strong suits is being able to buy you know buy the right equipment, let them spec it out. Let you know they, we have people specking out equipment for our fire departments. We need the firemen specking it out because they're the ones that knows what they need. You know, and, and we just got to find the money. And there is a lot of money that goes through our service service and shop down there. All right. Before we get to the bottom of the hour, let me ask this question about transparency. What you just talked about, I haven't even heard about. And that's right. because of the, the refusal of transparency in this administration that right now controls the city of Little Rock. You want to change that. No, I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm going to change it. Okay. You know, I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to put my personal expenses, unlike what he does, I'm going to put my personal expenses online every month so everybody in this city can look at it. You know, they can look at it every month. But I'm not just going to be the only one. I'm going to make the people inside our, our uh, city hall do that, too. You know, we're going to get rid of credit cards. Mayor doesn't need a credit card. We got a, The mayor has a credit card. He has a ghost credit card. And then he has a... Uh, the city manager has a credit card, and who else has credit cards? I don't know, but uh, when when you when you spend twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars for steak dinners and stuff, I think that's excessive, and we don't need to spend the taxpayers' money without them being aware of what it's going for. You know, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm good with being transparent because I didn't get in this race for money. You know, I got in this race to make a difference. And to be a mayor for everyone in our city. I'm talking about everyone in our city. I want to help. the. We, we, we've underfunded our community centers for children. So they're open, some of them, three, four days a week. And and they need to be open all week. Um, you know, so so those kids, some of them don't even get a meal in the summer unless they got a place like a community center. So let's give them a meal, but teach them to read while we got them in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm for, I'm, for, I'm for teaching these kids and 
I'm for these teachers in our state. Our, our teachers are underpaid. Our policemen are underpaid. Our firemen are underpaid. And, and uh, they, need, they, need a, they need a pay raise, you know, and we have the money to do that. The city gets a lot of money in. They just don't spend it wisely. You know what? The, the, the city of Little Rock's police department at one time was one of the best police departments in the country. And, no, yeah, we have great policemen. And I was doing my plan there, and I got myself off of it. But, but uh, you know, uh, fund the police department. Uh, and then we got to recruit we got to recruit, and I know how to recruit because I've done a lot of recruiting in my business because I've employed thousands of people myself. Mm-hmm. No other mayor, no, no, nobody in this race has employed people. I'm the only one that's employed people. And so I know what it is to get morale up, but I know what it is to keep those people, and it's called retention. Our police department right now, we got some great guys, but we're losing them so fast. Dave, it's unbelievable how fast they're leaving because they feel like, they're, they're, you know, he says I'm not defunding the police. Maybe he's not. He's deflating the police, you know, and they they leave because, uh, and that's how you get that's how you uh, get rid of policemen. Just keep doing what he's doing, you know. And it's first of year, uh, unless we make a difference, you know, uh, they'll they'll continue to leave. And we're in a. They did a survey that was complete in April. April, they did a survey that was complete in April, and the survey showed a complete workup. Somebody from a, a company did it of our police department and the guy the guy that did it reported at the board meeting another night uh with the city and he said sir he said mr mayor you're not low you are dangerously low of policemen you're dangerously low of policemen and we're gonna we've got to change that but we've got to take care of the guys that's been there because we got some really good guys all right, we got to do a break. We'll come back. I got one more question uh, for Steve uh, Landers. It deals with infrastructure. See what his ideas are on that. Then I'm going to have to let him go because guess what? He's wanted in a whole lot of different places all at one time. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll do that after this. Back with you, Steve Landers, my special guest. Steve, let's talk about infrastructure. What are the infrastructure problems you're seeing in the city? Well, the main thing is our city right now is we uh, we do have park, uh, I mean, sidewalk problems. We've got street problems. That we've got more roundabouts, and I don't know who. I think we got the state of roundabouts right here in the city. Who did? Who come up with that day? The I, French. Know, I don't know. <laughs> Those roundabouts, I, they they drive me nuts, but I'm sure they drive other people nuts. But you know, we've got. Uh, we don't have things for people to do in our city. You know, North Little Rock, my hat's off to North Little Rock. They've got it going on. They have ball fields. They've got soccer fields. They've got pickleball courts. They've got uh, baseball fields. They've got uh, arenas. They've got everything you need the, to for recreation. We need more recreation in our city. We need bike trails. We need to, we need to make uh, uh, War Memorial Park, 195 acres, is sitting there dormant. You know, it's going to open up in my administration. I, I will open War Memorial back, and I will get us something. I'll get us some golf in there for people to play golf. And uh, But we'll have pickleball courts in there. We'll have other things. I'm going to listen to the public, you know, uh, and, and let, let them tell me what we should have in there, what people would use, you know. Uh, so infrastructure, uh, and then, then we've got some of our streets are jacked up. You know, we got potholes all over the city. You know, uh, we'll, we'll get those things. We'll get on those things. I'm going to hold people that run our city departments 
I'm going to hold them accountable. You know, there's not been a lot of accountability in the last four years with anybody uh, in City Hall. You know, any of our people in City Hall. So I'm going to do that. That's going to be job one, too, is holding people accountable for what they do. Something that I've noticed, uh, I've I've been working here in the city for 23 years. Something that I'm seeing more of now than I've ever seen is the amount of panhandlers that are around the city, as well as people who are squatting out in the woods and stuff. Yes. Do you have any kind of things Uh, that you you want to do? I've spent the last... 13 months talking to different people around the country, uh, not not just in Little Rock, but around the country, and uh, uh, about about the homeless. And um, I'm going to bring, I don't know everything, uh, and I, I'm telling you right now, I don't know everything. I know everything about the car dealership, and I know how to run a business, and I know how to get morale up and all that. But do, do I know everything about the homeless? No. So I've, I've spent the last 13 months talking to people that do know mm-hmm. and, and trying to get a consensus of what to do you know i found out that homeless just giving them a home or giving them a mini home or a micro home or whatever that doesn't solve the problem it's about addiction it's about mental health it's about a lot of things that's going on uh so we got to solve those problems first and then maybe help them with them with something in the home right now the city's trying to put uh, uh mini homes together for the homeless well they were given for uh, uh the mayor was going to write a check for $460,000 to a city employee that gave 40000 for the property. You know, so he was going to give him 460000 mm-hmm. for it. And, uh, but it got stopped. Uh, you know, that's lack, of, that's lack of collaboration with the directors. I'm going, to coll- I'm going to get along with the directors. I'm going to talk to them about things that we need to do in the city because the citizens go to them and tell them what their problems are. So we need to all get together instead of just... It's not a not being the head guy. You know what I mean? It's it's being the guy that works with people. I've been the head guy. The car dealerships don't want to be the head guy. I just want to work with the people and do the right thing and the best next thing. Um, and that's what we'll do. But uh, panhandling, Dave, is a real problem. And, and the ACLU gives the people the right to panhandle. You know, I'm going to follow that law as a mayor. But I'm going to figure out if I can get them to panhandle from five in the afternoon to ten at night instead of seven in the morning when somebody's taking their kids to school and uh taking their kids to school uh i saw a guy this morning said uh you know i'll be a gigolo for money well you know little kids get to see this you know you know they and, and we, we don't need that and so we got to do something so what i'm going to do is i'm going to give them a right to panhandle because that's the law but we're going we're gonna to enforce our city's rules on top of that. You can do it at a certain hour. I'm going to put a sign up, a, a little sign up. You want to give to the homeless, which I, I do, and my wife and I have done it for years, give to the homeless in this city. And so I, everybody has a heart for the homeless, and I do. But, but I want to give the money and put a sign up. Hey, uh, use this uh, barcode or whatever. Text the amount you want to give. If you want to give $3, $5, or whatever that number is, it'll go directly to 100% of the money will go to the homeless. And um, and we can raise the money that way. But we got to train the people not to give on these corners and, and get our homeless population to an area where we can help them. Yeah, well, if you just give money, I've been told that you're going to cause a bigger problem than when you had before you gave the money. It costs $3 to get a hit of meth, $3. And if you give them three dollars and they, and they go get, and and most of these people are not home. A lot of these people are not homeless, but 
They just do things. They can't impede traffic. We're going to stop from impeding traffic. It's got to be so many feet away from the center line. They're not doing that. Uh, so, so we're going to enforce it. You know, we're going to enforce it. I want to get them all to have a, a, a city card that says I, I'm panhandling. You know, and I, so we got their name and who they are and what they're doing. Uh, you know, maybe it's a five dollar card. That's all. Just the main thing is not the money to get from them. It's the five dollars to know who we're dealing with. You know, is this guy a problem? Is this guy had, you know, mental issues? And, and so many of them do have mental issues. We got to get them the help that they need. These homeless camps are all around the city, mm-hmm. and and I worry about the kids in these camps. You know, I worry about the young kids that are in these camps. What do they go through? You know, so so. We we got to get it we got to get it under control and we have a big plan for that. I have a big plan plan for the uh, plan for the panhandling, and so uh, uh, we got to do that. We I have talked to the homeless a lot, and the homeless are saying to me that they get a one way ticket from Fayetteville, Bentonville, Rogers, you know, different places. Um, and you know, so when I hear that, what I'm you know, I I, I take that as they're sending their homeless problems mm-hmm. here. So I will go. I will call the mayors of each one of those cities where I'm elected and say, "Look, this is a game you're not going to win at." You know, I've spent my life trying to, you know, building building staffs and building people, and um, I win at this game. We, we don't want to play this. Quit doing that. You know, quit sending your homeless one way bus tickets. You know, to here. So uh, it, it's it's just something that we, we're focused on. I've thought about it. I've worked on it. I've planned on it for the last 13 months what we're going to do and we, we will do it all right last question all right you need some help while you're into the the the, the stretch run now yes. for november 8th you need people to wave signs and things i do absolutely do you can go online to landers for little rock.com uh you can uh go online and, and we'll get a, get your time set up um, I was out this morning. I got up. At, I left the house at about four forty-five to five. I've been to every polling station in the city except one, and I'm going to leave here and go right to that one. So uh, uh, I, I've worked hard, Dave, all my life. I'm going to work hard for the citizens of our city. I'm not doing this for me. Mm-hmm. I, I've got grandbabies that live here. I want to do it for them. I want to do it for the the citizens' kids and 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 their families and and. Uh, we got to stop this crime. Nothing happens. Nothing happens in our city, Dave, till we get a check on the crime. We got to get it going the other way. I'm a good salesman. I've done it all my life. Yeah. But I got to have a product to sell, and we have no product in Little Rock right now. Being the number one most violent, most dangerous city in the U.S., it shouldn't be that way. Again, North Little Rock cross streets had 15 homes across the river. And we've had 69. That river can't make that much difference. The difference is leadership on this side. I am a leader. I've been a leader my whole my whole working days. Um, I, I, I've made a lot of wrong decisions. I've learned from those. And um, I'm going to make right decisions with our citizens. But I'm going to listen to our directors, our citizens, and, and people. And I will be accessible. And I will be transparent. And I, and I will go to work to work every day which is, I've always done, and um, I'll get the right people. I'll know how to put the right people in the right spots. All right. I'll let you go. Oh, by the way, you don't need a, a personal protection. No, no. Okay. You know, uh, he spent $2.2 million as of I this know. year on, on uh, or somewhere in that neighborhood. I can't give you the exact amount, but uh, on personal protection for himself. 
They pick him up every morning at home and drive him to work. He politics with taxpayers' money. That's the worst thing I've seen him doing because I, I see him at every event. He's got bodyguards with him, and they're protecting him, and and, and uh, they're driving city vehicles, and they're driving um, uh, city gas, uh, but yet he gets a car allowance. You know what I mean? Why do you need a car allowance if you got if you got city vehicles you're mm-hmm. driving? So, and and uh, why do you need protection? You know, it's safe to him because he's got 24 hours. He's got protection with him all the time. Yep. And uh, so, you know, I, th- I think if every citizen had that, we wouldn't be worried about safety. You know, but we can't do that for every citizen. And gotcha. we, but we can't spend our tax dollars frivolously. frivolously uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't get that word out. But but uh, you know, we just got we've got to. Uh, We've got to do better. We will do better. I promise you we will do better. And um, I'll be accessible. So most everybody on this campaign, I've given my personal cell number to. You know, so call me. You don't have to wait six weeks to get in to see me. And then I'm not a king. I'm just going to be a servant to help us get our city back. Steve Landers, thank you for the time. Thank you, I know you're very, very busy. I'll let you get to that last polling place now. Thank Thank you you very much. Steve Landers, right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. uh, My thanks to Steve Landers for coming in and speaking with us today. He did want to get to that last polling place early this morning. So uh, we let him go a little bit early for that. He had a lot of good things to say. Uh, He's not your typical politician. There's no doubt about that. So uh, you're going to the polls starting today. You got through November 8th to make your mind up. Uh, You'll get a chance to either, you know, punch the screen or pull the pull the arm i don't know uh, if you even if have uh you know you got to pull an arm anymore but uh, bottom line get out and vote uh things that have happened since i uh, left the air uh here uh ethan crumbly you remember that uh, name it's the michigan 16 year old who uh, gunned down four oxford high school students uh in michigan uh, and injured seven others back in November of last year. He has uh, entered a guilty plea today to all the charges facing him. He uh, was appearing at the Oakland County Courthouse in Pontiac. He faces a total of 24 charges, including murder and terrorism charges. Judge Kwame Rowe accepted the plea and said a sentencing hearing will take place after the uh, next in-person hearing, which is scheduled for the 9th of February. Are you ready for this? 2023. All right. So it only took two years to get this kid uh, out of the general populace and into prison. Uh, in, the, in the gallery, some relatives of the victims were weeping as Assistant Prosecutor Marquise described the crimes that, according to the Associated Press, the teenager repeatedly said yes to each detail. A first-degree murder conviction typically brings an automatic life prison sentence in Michigan, but teenagers are entitled to a hearing at which their lawyer can argue for a shorter term and an opportunity for parole. The teenager withdrew his intent to pursue an insanity defense as part of the plea and repeatedly acknowledged that he understood the potential penalties. He was 15 at the time of the November 30th shooting. He initially pleaded not guilty back in January. Now, his parents, James and Jennifer Crumley, also faced four counts of involuntary manslaughter each, 
Prosecutors argue that the couple should be held responsible for the shooting because they had bought Ethan a gun on Black Friday of November 26, 21. In a motion filed earlier this year, Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald sentenced a social media post uh, referenced a social media post from Jennifer Crumley in which she said that the parents had purchased the pistol as a Christmas gift for their son. Uh, he didn't just snap, McDonald wrote in a September 9th motion to admit evidence. He followed a pathway paid for him by prior shooters and enabled by these defenders. McDonald's and uh, others have uh, pointed to evidence alleging that Crumley drew disturbing images in school, searched for ammunition on his phone during class, and displayed other signs of concern that went largely ignored by school administrators. According to attorney Vin Johnson, who has filed lawsuits on behalf of the families of victims who died in the shooting, Madison Baldwin, Tate Meyer, Hannah St. Julian and Justin Schilling were killed, while six students and a teacher were wounded. So uh, evidently he's going to jail for life, although sounds like to me that he does have an out, perhaps, to get out early. So uh, you want to keep that in mind as uh, as well. Uh, Coming up tomorrow on the show, we got a great show for you tomorrow again. Uh, here's what's going to happen for tomorrow. Simone will be in in the first hour. She comes in every day, every every Tuesday. We'll talk about some women's issues. We've got a special guest uh, who is going to come and uh, be with us by telephone. Uh, she's the author of a brand new book that's called Running Into the Fire. Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. And her name uh, is uh, Terry Hasdorf, and uh, she's uh, encouraging Christians to get involved in politics to see America change its course of direction from the country's current trajectory, which is pulling the nation further and further away from good, practical, and principled policies. Uh, she explains that Christians cannot sit back in complacency in the political arena because they uh, are the only ones who can truly do good for the whole of our nation from local to uh, national uh, levels. So uh, good stuff uh, that we'll be talking about in the 635 half hour. Uh, Bible guys, it looks like it's just going to be a Bible guy. I'll find out for sure. Uh, later this afternoon, looks like Steve Hess will be the only one coming in. Billy Miller can't make it. Uh, the pastor can't make it. Found out, sold his house. So he's moving this week. So we'll talk to him about about uh, religious issues coming up next uh, 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 Tuesday. I'll also see if we can't get some other folks to come join us tomorrow uh, on the show as well. Uh, in the 9 o'clock hour, it's Mark Lowry, state representative. He'll be here to talk about what he's uh, you know, doing on his last few months as a state representative and, uh, and what's going on as far as his running for state treasurer. Uh, he uh, 
surprised a lot of uh, people when he won the primary. And it looks like, uh, as we look at poll numbers, that uh, he's going to win as far as treasurer goes. But he needs you to go to the polls and and vote. All those polls mean nothing. All those uh, little things out there say, well, this person should win, that person should win. That doesn't mean beans. You know what means beans? Means beans when they start counting the vote on November 8th. Now, you can start voting now. Uh, identify your polling place. Go out and vote early if you'd like. I'll be doing that probably around 1130 uh, this morning with my wife. We'll be going out to do our thing and uh, and vote in Cabot uh, coming up here in just uh, a few hours. I want to get it out of the way. That way I don't have to have it hanging over my head later on. And then I find myself really being constricted about things that I'll, I'll be doing. Hey, you'll want to be part of uh, 101.1 uh, The Answer on election night. Uh, I've been notified that, uh, uh, you know, our uh, SRN news people will be covering election night as well. Uh, I saw where they're going to start at 6. That's probably Eastern. That'll make it 5 o'clock our time. Uh, we'll be with them. We'll be on live about what's going on locally and in the state from 8 to 10. And then after that, they uh, continue, and uh, we'll put them on autopilot on that and and stay with them, and they'll go until 2, because there's a lot of races all across the country that you're going to want to know about, because you want uh, the Republicans to take control of the House, but you also want them to take control of the Senate. And now it looks like most people, as they get close to election time, are starting to turn the GOP's way. But all of that? means nothing unless you go out and vote. So I'm asking you to please vote uh, your conscience and uh, go out and vote for the uh, whatever issues you think you should vote for or vote against. All right, I'm out of time. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. We'll do it again starting at 6 a.m. Hope to see you there. I'll talk to you. Have a great uh, rest of your morning and a great afternoon. And uh, I'm Dave Ellswick. See you tomorrow. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.